Welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. Joining me for the first time on the program, Mr. Doug Slook. Happy to be here, Brent. It's good to see you again on the program. On the program. That's what my grandpa would uh, I, I say program uh, because that's what he would say. He had a, a big Zenith console TV, and he would say, I was watching this program last night. And that was always – it was never program, so <laughs> – Sometimes I jokingly adopt program. I love it. Uh, but Doug, I, I, it's Doug's look. Cause before we turn the mics on here, I, uh, I said your name and you were like, Meh. and that's the thing is we've been friends for a little, like a, you know, w- this is fairly blossoming new relationship, Doug, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like you're a guy that I, I should know how to say their last name. Nobody knows how to say it. Okay. I get people, somebody will say it, Doug Sluck. And then mm-hmm. a guy will come over and be like, I know how to say your name. It's Doug Sluke. And I'm like, you're, <laughs> you're both wrong. And yeah. it's no big deal. Well, <laughs> my family Sluke, also yeah. says uh, my name incorrectly. So I've just picked one and stuck with it. And then we'll hit you with a program. So <laughs> uh, our, our topic uh, today is uh, going to be called Incidents of Time Travel. And I will clarify that this that you're listening to this episode right now, but next week, uh, this episode I was actually going to do with a guy named Ryan Singer, comedian, podcaster. He does a show called Me and Paranormal You. And uh, we didn't get to 90% of the notes that I had prepared because Ryan knows this stuff. We talked about one incident, but then he hit me with some a revelation, some news that I had to completely throw the show out and talk about this one thing. So next week's episode will probably be something uh, – um, It'll be similar to this, but not. There will be two points that I will repeat in that episode, but this one I wanted to do, and I asked you, Doug, I wanted you to be on anyway, and I I pitched you time travel, and you said, cool, I'm into time travel. Absolutely. Why why are you into time travel? Well, it's one of those things that I think we all kind of do. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really have any, as far as science fiction goes, I love science fiction, fantasy, all that stuff, genre movies, but I don't really have any desire to go to another planet, like no desire whatsoever. No Mars, no Venus. And, Hell I, no, no. Because I feel I feel like even now that that's what, a hundred years away from our time, maybe we would even be able to inhabit something like that. Yeah, like Elon Musk wants to do it like soon and like, no, that's. Yeah, it's a one way trip. Twitter all the way. So exactly, I'm not going to (laughs) trust that guy to take me to another planet. Like I'm cool here, you know. Let's sort out climate change, and you know we'll be all right. But um, time travel is something that I think we've all wished we could do at any Mm -hmm. given point. And I think most of us do it every day in our mind. We go back in time and we think, "Man, I wish I would have said that differently. I wish I would have said Doug Slook's name right when I, you know." Or we <laughs> on go the program? the future. Yeah, on the program. <laughs> or we wish that like we could go into the future and see how things are going to turn out. So I think time travel is a very human thing to yeah. think about. It's 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 the, especially the future because we're all we could be excited for the future, but I and at least for me, there's a lot of fear with the future because it's I guess fear of the unknown. You know, 100%. You, we, we think and and hope that it stuff will be okay. But then maybe not. So it's like we get a peak in the future. Would it be one thing where we look forward and think, okay, thumbs up. This is going to be all right. Or, oh, no, how do I fix this? You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like the future is a litmus test for your psychology at any given moment. Is it paranoid or is it hopeful and optimistic? And I Mm -hmm. go back and forth between the two, you know, many times a day, you know? Yeah. And the, and then nowadays, well, yeah, definitely with the, with the unknown, we've uh, yeah, for the the pandemic, the f- couple of years, we uh, you know, producer wife and I moved into this house and had big aspirations. Let's remodel some stuff, and then things stopped, and we were like, maybe we shouldn't spend money. Yeah, yeah. So now yeah. maybe we're spending a little bit of stuff, re, you know, re- refurbishing this house and fixing it up. But it was also for the unknown. We're like, are we going to even have jobs? Sure. And, you know, so yeah. now th- thankfully things have been OK, but then there's that other aspect of time travel of we always want to go back and we want to fix something. We uh, like people that 
live with no regrets. Sure, maybe. But I'm also like, <laughs> we all have regrets. We all wish yeah. we would have done something in the past and to go back and fix that. What what we wouldn't give at times, you know? Anybody that says that they wouldn't is a liar, I think, because it's just we all have things, whether it's just that awkward conversation we had with a coworker, you mm -hmm. know, or something big that we did, a decision that in hindsight we shouldn't have made. Yeah. Um, yeah. One hundred percent. And that's the big thing of like, uh, you know, somebody had a time machine. It's always part of one of those things is, uh, would you go back and kill Hitler or something like yeah. that? You know, Hitler is a baby in that debate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of thing is we, we all want to time travel. And I, I guess my first question for you that I, that I asked Ryan Singer next week, how's that for time traveling? <laughs> uh, do you even, do you think time travel's real? And what I mean is like, can you go back and, and kill baby Hitler or can you go forward and see what uh, 2081 looks like? I don't actually think it's physically, scientifically possible. Mm -hmm. Now, I say that knowing that 3000 years from now, somebody might come across this podcast and laugh at how how, you know, Cro-Magnon our thinking is. But oh, yeah. I just don't yeah. see like going to another planet. I know about jet propulsion i know about keeping human beings alive terraforming I'm, I'm not a scientist but i can understand these concepts mm -hmm. but i don't even know how you would begin to fold space and time so that you can actually go back in time i wish it were true maybe it's true for other kinds of maybe there's interdimensional beings or something you know um but and i don't think humans can yeah that's that's the thing is because then there's also the I don't know if it was the, I'm even using the word correctly the paradox of if there was time travel wouldn't we already know about it because somebody would have come back by now or whatever yeah and we always think of it as the positive too like somebody wants to go back and kill Hitler like what if somebody wants to go back and like make things worse because if somebody has time travel that means that bad people are going to have time travel capabilities yeah. as well. Yeah, maybe it's not kill Hitler. It's like let's get some reinforcements. Yeah, let's for see him. what and he did like, wrong and make sure he doesn't do it wrong again and wouldn't that be a frightening thought? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's even worse. That's why <laughs> did you worse, right? put that in my head. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh well, I, I guess it's been done in movies like Terminator and stuff. They send somebody back, the bad guy sends somebody back to change things mm -hmm. for the worse, but and the, there's a, a thing because I, I did a bunch of res research on this and I got into a lot of stuff, Doug, that I am I can't grasp these concepts. So I I had to dumb some of the stuff down for me. And one of the one of the things that uh, people talked about was like a, a paradox where if you went back in time, then that in itself creates a separate timeline. Yes. To where maybe and maybe if you went back. Uh, so like, let's say I went back and my current time right now will be similar to the time travelers time, but slightly different. So maybe I have a red beard now, yeah. but the other timeline, I'll have a black beard or what like that yep. kind of thing. So that that's how some people justify time travels real, but it's you're splitting off from your current timeline to create something else and making parallel not universes but i guess timelines you know that's the only time travel that i'll actually buy into is the one that creates branches mm -hmm. and in reality because you go back in time every single thing you do is going to change history and you know the butterfly effect if you mm -hmm. will like every tiny little thing you do is not what happened the first time around so it has to be but it had to have happened to get you to the point where you could actually go back in time and changes. So yeah, it has to be like a new future for you in a way. Like mm -hmm. you can't actually change your own past. You can only create a new future for yourself and other people, you know, like. So, so in a way time travels, even time travel, maybe quote real in that scenario, you still can't go back and fix the one timeline. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you've created a new thing. So really, you can't go fix what you had. But again, you could we could get r real heady on this. Yeah. <laughs> but and Stephen Hawking. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's some of this comes from like Einstein's Einstein's theory of relativity with the speed of light. And I had to dumb it down for me 
you know, but it essentially says an observer traveling at high velocity velocity will experience time at a slower rate than an observer who isn't speeding through space. And that's one of those things I hear and I see it in movies because everything I think about happens through movies, the prism of movies, you know, yeah. fiction yeah. since I was a young child was the way I understood the world. And I think it is for a lot of us, but I think of interstellar, how they're on that planet for like a few minutes and it's like, a decade back on earth and i get that concept but also i do not understand it at all like it's it's know? one of those where somebody says it goes on for infinity and i get yeah. i get it goes infinity is just forever but it I, also my brain can't grasp forever because yeah. it to me everything is finite because i am finite <laughs> Yeah, you know, or even thinking about the yeah the universe going on forever and ever and ever and ever, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's it's one of those where you, then you you slowly realize that you are insignificant, <laughs> yeah. but then also you got to come back and realize that you are somewhat significant because if you don't, then you're just gonna lay in bed, and so you got to yeah. find your own happiness. I guess I don't. Yes. I don't know. and like stop thinking about that stuff. I guess, but like <laughs> you look up at the night sky, it's hard not to. Yeah. And if the universe is finite, like Einstein said, what's outside of it? If it's if the universe is a sphere, what does the sphere exist in? And that just makes my brain want to melt. We are we're just a grown children of why, why, yeah. how, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is a point I made next week with Ryan Singer. But here's here's an example of time travel. As we kind of know it, astronaut Scott Kelly was born after his twin brother, Mark Kelly. So we have Scott and Mark Kelly. Scott Kelly spent 520 days in orbit while Mark only logged 54 days in space. And the difference in the speed at which they experienced time over the course of their lives has actually widened the age gap between the two men. So they're wow. they're twins. And they were born six minutes uh, apart. But now, thanks to time travel, with one of them being in space for 500 days, one being for and for 54, they uh, actually one of them is now six minutes and uh, five milliseconds older. Wow. See, and like that <laughs> this guy almost he spent 520 days. Yeah, I remember uh, when he was up there. Yeah. And then how insignificant that was because all it, the difference was only five milliseconds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yes, time travel is real, but it's also, uh, that's a lot of, a lot of time away, but also so, then if you factor in that time anyway. What, yeah. What is, there's a lot of caveats to that. Like yeah. even time on another planet, like on Jupiter a day, I don't know. You know I don't know these numbers off the top of my head, but it's not 24 hours. Yeah, it's whatever yeah. their day is. It's like, oh, day here is eight years for the sun yeah. to go around or whatever, you know, so. Yeah, and it, like, yeah, years different. Like, so if you go to another solar system, it's going to be even more whacked out. So what even is time? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, what is time? That's yeah. what we are. I assume you're sober. I am a sober gentleman right now. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. what is time? Yeah, you I'm know? 100% sober. Yeah. <laughs> Here's we the, sound like two potheads on like, whoa, man. Uh, can you imagine if we were on drugs? So maybe oh, we probably wouldn't be this sophisticated or incomprehensible. Maybe we <laughs> We'd be incomprehensible. <laughs> Here's the second thing I covered with Ryan Singer. And uh, you mentioned Stephen Hawking. So here's a quote from Stephen Hawking that I found just kind of funny. And it's from his book, A Black Holes and Baby Universes. You know, I have it right behind me on the shelf there. Oh, I have it in the bathroom, bathroom reading. <laughs> yeah, some light <laughs> reading. Yeah. Uh, he says, the best evidence we have uh, that time travel is not possible and never will be is that we have not been invaded by hordes of tourists from the future. I like that. Because I think the that point would be... I like, think that would happen. The first time science innovates something, what do they do with it? We, first of all, we use it for war mm -hmm. and then we monetize it. Yeah. And we're at the point now of you can go to space for pleasure. You yeah. and I can't, no, but yeah. the, those big bank accounts can, but That's maybe right, yeah. that maybe when we're old, uh, we might be able to afford a trip to space, but that is, can you imagine like, where are you guys going on vacation? Uh, we're going to 1861, you know, 
But then that's the same thing where it creates maybe another timeline. So it's not even the 1861 that you, that your forebears lived through. It's a whole nother. So space tourism is just creating all these branches. Yeah. Of space time reality. Then what happens if you die in 1861, but you're from 2047? Yeah. Or whatever. I, I'm yeah. sorry, in my head, I can't even hit a 3000 or four year 4000. That's yeah. how s- small my s- gap of time travel is. But you do know? you remember like when I, at least when I was young, the year 2000 seemed like mm-hmm. I, mean, I was born in 1976. I know you were born after me, but still it wasn't that much of a difference. And 2000 seemed like a very bizarre number. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's nothing and like there's a comedian named Tim Wilson who since uh, died uh, R.I.P. to to Tim Wilson. But uh, he had a, a, a song that was really funny where it was about, I don't know, the year 2000, but it's called the chorus is where the fuck is my jetpack? <laughs> but like we should have all had jetpacks yeah. by now. Yeah. And uh, robot butlers, which were close to that. Suits. Yeah, we have the Roomba. We have like there's one level where we go, where is that stuff? And then really, if you look around, like look at what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. We're very we're- far apart from each other and we're talking instantaneously. We have all the world's knowledge for better, for worse on a, on a tiny black obelisk in our pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things that we can do. But we still think like, OK, there's got to be more than this. <laughs> there's yeah, got to yeah. be more well we're talking um uh, back to the future two style yes uh, you know but <laughs> but then also neither one of us tried to hydrate a pizza before we came on the show so no hanging upside down from some kind of a strange uh device <laughs> designed to help our aching back and yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's jump into some of these incidents of time travel. This is uh, one of the links I sent you, Doug. Uh, this mm-hmm. one's called uh, Chaplin's Time Travel. Uh, Traveler, sorry. Uh, yeah. a, a still from the uh, the circus uh, appearing to show a, a passerby walking by on a cell phone. And the circus is a, mo- is a yeah, Charlie Chaplin movie. Yeah. And this guy from Ireland, a filmmaker, George Clark, uploaded a video clip uh you can search this if you want to on youtube just type in chaplain's time traveler the clip analyzes bonus material in a dvd of the uh, chaplain movie the circus uh included in the dvd is footage from the film's los angeles premiere at grauman's chinese theater in 1928 and at one point during this footage a woman is seen walking by holding uh, an object up to her ear. Uh, Clark said that on closer inspection, she was talking into a thin black device that had, uh, that appeared to be uh, a phone. Yeah. I've actually seen this and I, I can't fathom that she's talking on a phone, but what else would it be? What? Well, well the, I have explanations, but also I, I watched the video looks because anytime this, like there are certain things that symbols that you can do gestures uh, to let people know what you're doing. So one of them is like, if you pointed to your wrist, yeah, that means what time is it? Or if I did this and we're in a car, I'm rolling the window down, even though windows don't do that anymore. (laughs) And the other one is you take your hand and you put it up to your ear. That's the phone. Which my improv teacher would, would kill us anytime we would do that to talk on the phone because that's not how you hold a phone, but yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got to make sure you hang up the phone at the end. Yes. Otherwise your minutes are crazy. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, in our heads, you see this lady hold something up to her ear and what else could that be? But now it's very rare that I even hold the phone up to my ear anymore. I have headphones or yeah. whatever. Like I still will talk, talk on the phone, but it's, it, that's, doesn't even happen as much anymore thanks to bluetooth but then also back in 1928 after i thought about this a little bit doug i'm like Uh, if let's say she is a time traveler with a phone in 1928 who is she calling yeah Yeah, you need somebody else with a phone yeah like what uh, whatever service she's got there's no no cell service at all no bars (laughs) And it's and then like you have to explain to people what why do I hear street noise? Why is Charlie yeah. Chaplin in the background? I can hear that guy, you know, like <laughs> so it's definitely when you watch the video, it looks like uh, a phone. But there are a couple explanations of people uh, 
have pointed out one's from a guy named Nicholas Jackson. He's an associate uh, editor at the Atlantic. <laughs> he says uh, the most likely answer is that she was using a portable hearing aid and uh, the technology that was just being developed at the time. Now, another guy said uh, that he's from Washington University in St. Louis. Uh, he said the woman might have been using uh, a, a rectangular ear trumpet. Ear trumpet? Ear trumpet. And uh, I did look that up, but it's been a, about a week since I did that research. So I should Google. Maybe the ear trumpet is like one of those things that you would see like uh, Beethoven hold up to his ear to talk into this and helps. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I have to I have to Google that. But then uh, Michael Sheridan, a writer from the New York Daily News, said the device was probably an uh, early hearing aid, uh, perhaps an uh, acousticon uh, manufactured mm. by uh, Millie uh, Miller Reese Hutchinson. Wow. So all those guys, it seems like they're saying um, some kind of hearing device. And that makes perfect sense. That's the that's the explanation that makes the most sense. The simplest explanation is mm -hmm. almost always the truth. That ear trumpet, I did give it a Google, and it looks like pictures of uh, holding like the big part of a of a yeah, tuba up to your ear to uh, talk yeah. into so can, it, so you can hear better. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we've come a long way, at least from the technology back then. You know, yeah, for sure. Uh, now, your implants and everything else. And I know. Yeah. It's like uh, you, you know, you could almost be deaf and still hear. Yeah. Which is fantastic. But uh, yeah, again, but also now you've got hands-free phones, so you don't even have to hold up the phone to the <laughs> yeah. to yourself anymore. Well, it's, it's the trick of them. It's the trick of the eye and the mind though, isn't it? Because you're right. We do. Our brain sees things symbolically. That's mm -hmm. why magic can trick us so easily and why optical illusions and that damn blue dress and all that stuff like our eyes kind of see things not as they are but as we expect them to be mm -hmm. in a lot of ways that's you can take letters out of sentences and still read an entire paragraph so our modern brain sees that behavior and thinks oh my god that's a cell phone because we know nothing of these hearing devices and we yeah. see everybody every day with these things near their face mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, it's yeah. it is one of those where you and i before we turn the mics on here we uh at least i think we both agreed that it is more fun to believe yes. that this lady is a time traveler as opposed to holding a thing up to her ear so she can hear you know yeah, yeah because that's boring and that's something we're not even really going to talk about i mean mm -hmm. it's cool as like a little historical fact but it's definitely not something that's going to gain life on the internet that can yeah. be good and that can be bad sometimes you know, as we well know, things taking on a life of their own on the Internet that aren't true. And I think that that hits to the heart of a lot of the matters that we want. A lot of us want to believe that things both make more sense daily and are more magical than maybe they actually are. Yeah, it's sometimes sometimes the, the mundaneness of everything is too much. So like, let's let's put some little little fan fiction into this. Yeah, and make it more interesting. At least it helps with the with the pain of everything else, you know. For sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing rustling in the woods was not a deer; it was Bigfoot. Yeah, and we're going to chase them. It know? has to be, even yeah. though we never find them. Yeah. Um, let's jump to another example. I this is the uh, the other link I sent you, Doug, but it's uh, dubbed the uh, time traveling hipster. And it's mm. a photo. So if you want to uh, Google along as well, just type in the time traveling hipster. Yeah. It's a photograph from 1941 of a genuine, uh, authentic, uh, of a genuine authenticity of the reopening of the South Fork Bridge in uh, uh, British Columbia. It was alleged to show a time traveler. His clothing and sunglasses were of the present day and out of the style worn in the 1940s. Now, when you look at this photo, it's I think I've seen it kind of it's been memed a little bit. You've kind of seen this guy if you look up the photo. But yeah. uh, yes, it definitely like this guy is out of place. Everybody's got the uh, they're in suit and ties or kind of dressed up. It's back in the Fedoras day. When, and, yeah. Yeah. When like you watch old movies and you're like, is there ever a time when somebody's not dressed up? Like that seems like a lot of work to just be in a suit all the time. 
Yeah, they like dress up to go on a plane, or they dress mm-hmm. up. Yeah, just like literally always. And it's like and if then the they guys had their doing Sunday best, which was even better than that. So. I know, yeah. <laughs> and like if the guy's doing yard work, he's like, "Oh, I got my yard suit." Yes, Whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> but this guy, he uh, definitely looks like just some kind of stoner yeah. in the middle of this crowd, and the the hair doesn't really match, and because it's not styled or you know combed with a part, he's got these glasses that kind of uh, I don't I don't even just out of place if you google this photo he looks like a bro at Lollapalooza in like the mid 90s <laughs> like he really does like it, it looks like he fell into the hot tub time machine and he was like <laughs> oh bro and then <laughs> yeah. then he's just found his way to this uh opening of this bridge yeah now again there are explanations of why this guy looks this way um somebody said the style of the sunglasses first appeared in the 1920s Hmm. that style and there are other pictures of people wearing those sunglasses because these kind of look uh i don't know like a, a pair that you'd pick up the gas at the gas station today yeah. you know yep nothing uh, special but just like a run-of-the-mill set of sunglasses yeah know, like you've, you've seen these in a music video on mtv in the 2000s and the 90s you know yes yep uh, he also appeared to be wearing a printed T-shirt, but on yeah. closer inspection, that seemed to be a sweater with a sewn-on emblem. That was the thing. It was like nobody's wearing a T-shirt in this photo. It's all suits and ties type deals. Yeah, then yeah. It kind of almost looks like a he's wearing a hoodie with a Batman shirt. It does. I can't get Batman out of my brain when I'm looking at this picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apparently, that what you know people are saying is it was a, a sweater with a sewn-on emblem. Very similar to the one that was used by the Montreal Maroons back in the day, mm. which is a, ho- a hockey, hockey team. And there again, there's a picture uh, of of somebody wearing that jersey. It's got the M on it. It just it, even if this guy's like not out of place in time, he is definitely out of place in this photo. Yes, <laughs> like because they're all they're like any one of these people could step up and cut the ribbon. But this guy's like, oh, bro, like, you know, (laughs) yes. And like men back then didn't wear jerseys of sport teams out in public or even at all. I'm sure unless they were playing the sport. Yeah, that's a modern convention. Maybe he's like from the hockey team. Maybe this guy's a hockey player. He still probably wouldn't be wearing the jersey to a bridge opening unless he needs to get over the bridge to get to the game. Yeah, when you got a bridge opening at seven, but a hockey game at eight, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I got to be somewhere. (laughs) Uh, The remainder, go ahead. It's very uncanny to look at, though, because it just, he draws your eye right in and it kind of gives you the, like, the creeps a little bit. The creeps. And it's, then you wonder how good of a Photoshop this job is if it's not like a genuine photo, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I I can kind of spot a, a bad Photoshop, but then there are really some experts of like, here the shadow lays like this, and it's... uh Sure. Yeah. Uh, the remainder of the clothing would appear to have been available at the time, though his clothes are far more casual than those uh, in the photograph. And it looks like he's holding something. I didn't even notice this, but somebody pointed this out. He's holding what appears to be a Kodak pocket camera, which was available all the way uh, back in 1895, apparently. Wow. So just just kind of an eerie thing to look at, you know? It is. It's incongruous to the rest of the photo. Now, would you, out of those two examples that we just had, the lady time traveling with Charlie Chaplin or this one, what, what would you subscribe to as a true time traveler? Do I have to pick one as a true time traveler? Yes, just pick one of the two. I would say this one would be more likely, this this gentleman at the bridge. I think so, too. Because there were better explanations for the woman with the hearing aid up. Like, I'm willing to accept that completely and just ignore my preconceived notions about it. Mm-hmm. But this one, there's something up with this guy. He's he's like Like I said, he's definitely out of place if he's from that time, you know? What's weird, though, is that we are very suspicious of this guy he's very sus but nobody in the photo seems to even be noticing him at all no nobody's like clutching their pearls or their monocle hasn't fallen out of oh what's all this you know i do say i do say (laughs) 
<laughs> maybe maybe he shows up in crowds where there's the focus is taken away, so then he yeah. can kind of bro out at this bridge opening. Yes, yes. It reminds me of my one of my favorite Stephen King books. I'm a Stephen King fanatic. Eleven twenty two sixty three. When a guy goes back in time to try to stop the Kennedy assassination, and he has mm-hmm. to live for like five years before the assassination because he, he can only go back to nineteen fifty eight for whatever reason. He tries to fit in as much as he can, but he is a modern person from our time, so he'll like sing a Rolling Stones song or something, and people are like, "What the hell are you talking about right now?" Yeah. That yeah, you might, same you might not like it, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah. The old Marty McFly, Chuck <laughs> Berry connection. Yeah. <laughs> what if uh, what if he went back to uh, make the assassination worse again? That Hitler thing. What if he went back to make it worse? Yeah, well, I won't spoil the book, but he almost some in some ways kind of does make things worse. OK, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. It's an interesting concept because he can only go back in time. And whenever he comes back to our time, it sets everything back to where it was again. Okay. So, so he's he got to like, like time there. travel. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that thing when your mom would be like, we can go, but you got to stay. Now we're there for four hours. You yes. Know? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to make this decision? <laughs> <laughs> you want to, are you sure you want to time travel back? Cause this is what you said you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's jump to a guy named uh, Rudolph Fence, and this is, uh, I think, my favorite incident of time travel that I came across. It's a little bit lengthy, Doug, but uh, the Fence legend describes ha- uh, how one evening in mid-June of 1951, about 11.15 p.m., a passerby in New York City's Times Square noticed a man about 29 years of age dressed in the fashion of the late 19th century, so the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one observed how he he had arrived there, but he was uh, disoriented, confused, standing in, middle, uh, in the middle of an intersection. He was hit by a taxi, fatally injured, uh, before people were there to actually intervene. Wow. Now, this guy's going to die. Spoilers. He's going <laughs> to die. Uh, but the, the following... Uh, stuff that the officials at the morgue searched his body and found in his pockets. They found a copper token for uh, a beer worth five cents bearing the name of a saloon, which is was unknown even to residents of that area. A bill for the care uh, of a horse and the washing of a carriage drawn by a stable uh, hmm. on Lexington Avenue that was not listed in any address book. Huh. Uh, about seventy dollars in old bank notes, a business card with the name Rudolph Fence, and an address uh, to a place he was going to on Fifth Avenue. A letter sent to that address in June of eighteen seventy six from Philadelphia. So hmm. that letter's from eighteen seventy six, but again, we're talking about June nineteen fifty one. And a medal for a uh, for coming third in a third uh, in a three legged race. He had all this on his body at the time? On his person, yes. Now, all that seems strange except for the medal coming in third place in the three-legged race. Because you and I, we we are are the duo of you and me are some of the premier three-legged racers in in the industry. Hands down. (laughs) Our names are synonymous with that. The three-legged race. Yeah. It just, just seems weird that how back even back in the day like to me that seems like the the lamest thing you could do is a three-legged race or like have a ball and cup like that game you know like or with the egg on the spoon or whatever like the same thing yeah or the thing where you take like a a bike wheel and you got to keep it up with the stick yes yeah like those old timey how they had fun back in the day yeah they literally had nothing else to do they were like we have tons of time we got to kill it somehow. So let's just roll this tire down the street with a stick. Yeah. We got a can and it'll be time to go to sleep at like five (laughs) o'clock. We kicked the can from 1115 to 1215. Yeah. And and times were better back then. Yeah. Yeah, We churned butter. (laughs) Nobody locked their doors. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we had all that stuff on his person. Uh, And none of that stuff had uh, signs of aging. You would think a letter, a letter from 1876 would have some aging to it, you know, just I could carry around a thing in my wallet for a week and it's crumpled and 
showing age. We're talking like 75 years, you know, between 1876 and 1951, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just seems weird to me that he would be carrying all that stuff, even if he had just been transported from 1876. What the hell was he doing in 1876 that he had all that on his person? Yeah, and like, and and being him, him being confused. Yeah, is that what time travel does to a person? Yeah, you see, like you know, and like sci-fi shows when somebody will like warp from one area to the other, yeah, and they yeah. come out the other side and they're throwing up. Yes, because that's what you do, you know. So. Is that what time travel does to a person? Is you're confused and out of it? Or I would imagine this, it would, right? Yeah, or like has this guy just never been to a big city before and maybe an immigrant and, and like all the things put together where it's all overwhelming. Especially, I mean, New York City is overwhelming now, but yeah. if you're from a one-horse town back in the day, you go to New York City, that's still a big change. Maybe he was hoping to trade some of those things in for, you know, something, you know, to make sure he could eat or sleep or whatever. I need a ball and cup pronto. (laughs) I need a tire and a stick (laughs) immediately. (laughs) Uh, Now, Captain uh, Hubert Rim of the missing persons department of the NYPD tried using the information to identify the man. He finally found a Rudolph Fence Jr. and a telephone book from 1939. He spoke to the residents of the apartment building listed at the address who remembered Fence and described him as being a man about 60 years old. Hmm. Uh, contacting the bank, Rim was told that Fence died five years before, what? but his widow was still around and lived in Florida. Well, he died five years before the, the taxi cab accident? I guess, yes. So let, wow. me, let, me, let me keep going. Uh <laughs> And he lived, uh, but his widow was still alive and lived in Florida. He contacted her and learned that her husband's father, Rudolph Fence. So I'm assuming the lady's married to Rudolph Fence Jr., but we're talking about Rudolph Fence had disappeared in 1876, age 29. He had left the house for an evening walk and never returned. All efforts to locate him were in vain and no one, uh, no trace remained. All right, now I have goosebumps. Yeah. Because I went from being like incredulous, like anybody could just be trying out for some off-Broadway play mm-hmm. where they play a cowboy and walk in front of a cab. I'm sure it happens every day. It's a method actor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like if all that's true, then that's... That's an eerie story, right? Very. Because I, I, when I was looking up these stories, I remember I had heard this account from another uh, paranormal podcast that doesn't exist anymore. It was called darkness radio, Mm. Uh, but it was one of my favorite shows back in the day. Uh, And, and this account, it was weird where it's like, Oh, the guy time traveled and then he, they had all this stuff on him, but let me uh, burst your bubble, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out that's that account is a short story. Ah, since 1972, the uh, unexplained disappearance and reappearance of Fence has been mentioned in books. In 2000, after the uh, Spanish magazine published a representation of the events as a factual report, uh, folklore researcher Chris uh, Albeck went to work. He found examples of, of this story in a lot of different places, and there was a whole timeline but I'm not going to bore you and the listener with it. He found a lot of different stuff and he traced it all the way back uh, to the true author who was a a renowned science fiction writer, Jack Finney. And uh, the fence episode was part of the short story called I'm scared, which was first published in Collier's magazine, September, 1951. So I was going to ask at one point there, what the source was on this Mm -hmm. information, but a part of me didn't want to know because it wanted to kind of run with mm-hmm. how creepy that sounded. You know, kudos to that guy for being an excellent writer of fiction. It's a great like, story. Great. Like it's a believable account. And I'm sure maybe his story is not that full account because, you know, with folklore, it kind of changes and stuff sure. like that. But yeah, that is one of those where you, oh, I heard a guy tell this story. And then actually, you know, I heard it, but it actually happened this way. And I heard that and it happened that like way. the party so line telephone game when you yep. go around the room. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. so that would have been the creepiest. This. That would have been the creepiest thing that happened in Manhattan 
uh, until the in and out burger showed up in the middle of the street a couple years ago. Uh, Nobody the, knew where it came from. <laughs> the creepiest, but somehow the most tame thing that happened in New York that day, yes. probably like <laughs> for sure. Like that story, when I heard it, I was like, man, that's, that's like a, there's no, they just, the, the facts are the facts. And it's like, you can't really disprove it or prove it. It's just kind of a folklore thing that you hear. Yeah. I was like, man, that's a great story. And I forgot about it. And then I found it, found it doing research for this. And I, and part of me was like, I shouldn't even mention this in the, in this podcast because it was disproven. It's not really, not a real incident of time travel, but I thought it was fun to include it in like the folklore aspect of here's how this shit gets started, you know? For sure. Yeah. And like, like I said, the fact that I knew that I should be asking for what the source of this information was, but I didn't want to. And I wonder if that's how conspiracy theories kind of go around because people go, this sounds exciting. Oh, I don't want to hear, you know, it's, um, uh, what do they call it? The uh, confirmation bias. Yeah. You know, you've already you made up know. your mind. So yeah. Yeah. You only was already like, yeah. how did he get, he was taking a walk. Did aliens pick him up? And if aliens, mm -hmm. how, how do aliens time travel? Because the physics and quantum mechanics have the same issue, whether it's a human doing it or an alien, how are they bending space time? So my brain was going all those places instead of like, who the hell's saying this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it, and it, again, it's more fun. I, you know, I wish I would, would have just stopped at the, it, he heard the story and never did any more research. And I like, cause that's more fun to me to be like, man, that's weird. You know, if you had, and you hadn't told me that true story of it, I probably wouldn't have slept tonight. Yeah. <laughs> But you're welcome for your good night's rest now. Uh, I have a couple more incidents of time travel, but that that one was my favorite one just because yeah, it's yeah. what the details of what he had in his pockets. It's just very eerie of, oh, he went out for a walk. And then then, like you said, aliens that he fall into a time portal. And then also, what is a time portal? Yeah. And like I was seeing stuff. it all like I was seeing this guy in like. <laughs> Dusty 1876 and then appearing in Manhattan in 1951 and getting hit by it. Like I was literally having mental images of all this mm -hmm. stuff, you know, <laughs> just more fun. Uh huh. Uh, here's a guy, uh, Andrew, uh, Carizan. I'm sorry. I'm getting that wrong. I know, but, uh, he's supposedly arrested March, 2003 for sec violations for making 126 high risk stock trades and being successful on every one. Wow. Now I can, I, this at the beginning of this, I can see this is a, I could buy into this time travel story because this is essentially Biff with the sports almanac. I was going to say, this is the Biff Tannen principle. Yeah, and like, why, like, this is what I would do with time travel. I would Who wouldn't fix some things, but also let's go, let's go yeah. benefit my bank account. Yeah. You know? all to pay for all the things you're going to fix of course oh yeah yeah that's right like right <laughs> <laughs> so he makes 126 high risk stock trades and it's successful on every one uh he started with an initial investment of $800 and ended with over 350 million dollars wow which you can imagine drew the attention of the SEC Yes. Uh, and I please I don't I didn't look up what the SEC uh, is, but I, I don't know what it stands for. But it's I'm the sure... uh, Security Exchange Commission. There you go. Security it's uh, the money cops. Yeah, <laughs> it's the money cops run. Uh, <laughs> later reports suggested that after his arrest, he submitted a four hour confession wherein he claimed to be a time traveler from 200 years in the future. He offered to tell investigators such things as the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden. And again, I think this uh, this happened back in 2003. So that would have been some prime information. Yeah. He would have gotten $25 million out of that. I think that yeah. was the, the bounty on that guy's head. Mm -hmm. uh, he was going to tell him where bin Laden was. And he also uh, had the cure for AIDS. Uh, in return for a lesser punishment and to be allowed to return to his time craft. And although <laughs> refused to tell investigators the location or the workings of his time craft. Wow. Now a mysterious man posted his bail. And really? uh, Carlson was uh, scheduled uh, for court, but then he was never seen again. 
uh, what so what's the source on this, Brent? <laughs> 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 well, what I found is the story likely originated as a fictional piece in the weekly world news. Son of a gun. A they get me every time. Yeah, I know. Did you see Bat Boy's back? Oh, God, yeah. Bat I'm Boy's a back. big fan of Bat Boy. <laughs> and this is where, again, this is why I, rec- I included this one as well, because uh, it was re- included in the Weekly World News, and it was later repeated by Yahoo News, mm. where its fictitious nature became less apparent. It was soon reported by other newspapers and magazines as fact. Wow. This in turn drove uh, word of mouth spread through email inboxes and internet forums, leading to a far more detailed description of the events. So again, the telephone game. Yeah. What I think we're revealing here is that time travel's not possible because we're too dumb because we keep believing these things. You just told me about the guy in 1876 and then it wasn't true. You're telling me this new story and I'm like this. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You know? Rubbing your but hand. Yeah. Give me more yeah. details. Oh, yeah. This one's real. <laughs> and also what was he trading back then? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can't go wrong with Apple, I, I yeah, imagine. Yeah. But uh, go back to 1976 or whatever and buy Apple computers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. man, that's what I just like. Anytime I've ever gotten like a lump sum of money, I'm like, I should have just put it on something. Yeah. And th- then now, and sitting here now, I'm like, I could do that with the little money I have, but that I wouldn't have that money, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all I'm only betting with past money, not yeah. the current money. That's the time travel thing that we all want to do, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. we all want to be able to go back and know something's a sure thing, know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. And that's that, The you know, it was a satirical newspaper. It was, you know. Some people a, would say that's a very trusted news source, Brent. But yeah, well, that that's how we get stuff like a QAnon today. Yeah, yep. Of where, you know, oh, uh, you know, uh, JFK Jr. is going to come back and. Yeah. And it's all that where it's it's like clearly some of that clearly that is bullshit. Yeah. You know, but then there are people that fall for it and all they had to do was make it a little more believable. And maybe somebody like me would be like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so far fetched that, like, I'm surprised at how many people bite on that stuff and take it as the gospel truth and mm-hmm. like literally ruin their marriages, lose their jobs, sometimes lose their lives over these insane theories, mm-hmm. you know, that just don't make any sense whatsoever. And, and like so the theories where some of the stuff is, it's like those people that the world's going to end on this date and the date, that date yeah. comes and it never happens. So they're like, Oh, let's go back to the drawing board. <laughs> or like with, with like the QAnon thing of like, there are so so many things that haven't come to fruition, but yet you're still going along with the plan. Trust none the of them plan. have, none of them have come true. And they keep saying, well, that's part of the plan. You see, you know, yeah. And it, we tell and you these things are going to happen, but it's part of the plan that they don't actually <laughs> happen. And they go, okay, give me more, feed yeah. us more. But you're, like you're trying to make sense of an irrational subject. Yeah. And that, that, then that messes with you where you're like, am I going crazy? Yeah. Is it actually logical that JFK is actually alive and he's wearing a Donald Trump mask? You know, yeah. maybe I'm the one that has something wrong with me because maybe that's, that's so widely accepted that, Maybe mm-hmm. I'm the one that has problems seeing logical things. And then somebody says, Doug, gaslighting is not real. I told you this several times. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. Yeah, it's not real. <laughs> Be quiet, baby. It's not real. Uh, here's our last incident of time travel. A guy named uh, Mark, uh, uh, Mike Markham. Uh, also, they called him a uh, madman. So hmm. maybe Mad I buy into this. Yeah, Madman Markham, the uh, man who created the time machine and mysteriously disappeared. 1995, he attempted to construct a time machine, which he called Jacob's Ladder, on the porch of his house in Stanbury, Missouri. Hmm. Uh, he he uh, he built this time machine, and he could des- he described how it looked, but it, it won't make any sense if I if I read all this stuff to you because I'm like, how do I tell you and the listener all this shit? But in <laughs> short, he he he, uh, he built the time machine, and he throws a a sheet metal screw into this vortex thing. Again, you could go do your own research, but I I tried mm. to find a way to 
tell you how this machine looked and was built, but it, yeah. it would be too boring for me. to. <laughs> but he threw the screw into the vortex uh, and to see what would happen. And according to him, it vanished for half a second before reappearing a few feet away from from him, uh, like, you know, a, a half a second or a second later. So it was very much like a, a wormhole or a portal. He throws it here and it, it comes out over here type thing. Yeah. At the time, he's only 21 years old, a student majoring in electricity. Apparently, uh, he tried to build a time machine because he wanted to, this is my favorite part, get the winning lottery numbers from the future. From the future. <laughs> like, I love that. Again, yeah. I could totally buy into I'm going to I'm so smart. I'm going to build a time machine. Mm -hmm. But the dumb thing I'm going to do is go get the the winning lottery numbers. Yeah. Not, That's like all I'm going to do with it. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, time traveling tourism, not kill baby Hitler or whatever it is. <laughs> I just I need I need like 50 million dollars, <laughs> 25 million after taxes. <laughs> you go in the future. There's like aliens like running the world and like. The dude just like I don't care about any of that. I just want Powerball. What the lottery numbers are, yeah. <laughs> and again, I can buy into that. I yeah. <laughs> uh, Biff Tannen comes in many forms. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, after a few more tests, the machine uh, catches fire, and he needs bigger electrical transformers. Now, where do they keep those, Doug? Electrical transformers. Electrical transformers. They keep those at like the power station, don't they? They sure do. Oh, there no. were six old uh, transformers there. He steals uh, six 300-pound-plus transformers from St. Joseph Light and Power uh, Generating Station in King mm. City, Missouri. While testing his experience, experiments, he caused a mass blackout several blocks throughout uh, his neighborhood, and the cops show up and arrest him. <laughs> Maybe they pinpointed, hey, uh, this is where all this power is coming from. And he shut down the block. That's <laughs> like a bad Spider-Man villain. Yeah, where it's like he he just wants to make me miss Monday Night Raw back in 1995. <laughs> After several months in prison, Markham was released, and then he he's invited to become a guest, uh, and we'll talk about this radio show next week uh, on with uh, with Ryan Singer. But are you familiar, uh, Doug, with the show Coast to Coast AM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if for the the listener, Coast to Coast is still on. It's not ho hosted by Art Bell. He since died. It's hosted by a guy named George Nori. Mm -hmm. But if you like this type of topic, it's four hours a night of time travel and Bigfoot and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's a radio show. You can get the podcast versions or whatever. But it it's probably they have an affiliate probably in your town that you could listen to. But he starts calling into Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Uh, and some of those old episodes, by the way, are on YouTube. Did you ever, there's one called uh, Mel's Hole, a whole like series of episodes called Mel's Hole, where this guy calls in and talks to Art Bell on Coast to Coast. And apparently he's got a hole in the back of, in his backyard that if you throw anything down there, you never hear it land. Really? Yeah. So uh, then of course they go. A, can you lower something down there? Is this a, a any hole that's deep enough? Of course, is a portal to hell. <laughs> you know, so that's again, that's that fun type of. I I doubt this is real, but it's a fun radio play experiment type thing. For sure, for sure. He tells so whatever his, happened with Art with Mel's hole. Is his hole okay? <laughs> I I think he had to put some ointment on it. <laughs> There's some preparation H down there and it never hit bottom. Uh, so he tells his story of the screw and his plans to build a time machine to Art Bell. And he vows that from now on, he's he's going to do it legally. Markham told Art Bell that he will he, he still wanted to create another experiment, but he neither had money nor spare parts. And during the interview, he gave his phone number and received nonstop calls for three days. Many listeners shared with him ideas, funding, and spare parts. So a year goes by. He's back on Coast to Coast AM, and the interview ends with uh, him claiming to be on the cusp of generating the desired amount of uh, voltage, which I can only assume is 1.21 gigawatts, <laughs> to run the great Scott <laughs> to run the machine. 
He claims he's 30 days away from uh, completing his, quote, legal time machine. And uh, when asked what he would take with him, he replied, just his cell phone. Now, this is back in 95, 96 type. And then things. he went back to a Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin film. Yeah. And then <laughs> he was like, I got to go see this movie, The Circus. Uh, <laughs> now, at the end of the show, uh, he he doesn't he doesn't give his uh, maybe he gave his phone number. But this time he gives his address. Which is, you know, I, I don't know. Back in the day, I know Coast to Coast is a syndicated national yeah. radio show. I feel like giving your address away is kind of dangerous. Yes. Uh, Mike Markham uh, vanished in uh, 1997 and hasn't been seen or heard from since. Shortly after uh, he disappeared, a listener called in to Coast to Coast to talk about a strange story he found. In the 1930s, a, a police officer found a dead man on the beach in California. He was crushed to death in a strange metal tube. The man was unrecognizable and a mysterious device was found near his body. The caller said the device looked like a cell phone. Oh. And the cop back in 1930 said it looked like a cell phone? Uh, I think it was like a, a photo or something. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of those where this, it's not like nobody said this is bullshit. Nobody said this is yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that. Either way, isn't that a fun story? I love it. Like, is it like did this guy actually exist? That's a th that's the thing is I I don't know. I I'm getting hooked again. I'm getting hooked. Yeah. Again. <laughs> now, if you want to Google this guy, yeah, uh, his name is uh Mike uh, Markham or Mike Madman Markham, uh, and his time tra his time machine was called Jacob's Ladder from Stanbury, Missouri. So if you or the listener wants to give that a quick Google and figure out if this guy is real or if this story is all bullshit, you don't have to look it up now, Doug, but that's something to, cause I read, you know, reading this story to you, I was like, ah, I should, I should have like, I should have done a search of real search on this guy, but uh, I choose to believe that this, this is real. And he somehow died uh, being crushed by his own machine. It's another one of those things where, you know, Two times in a row, you burst my bubble, and then you got me in the middle of this one, and I'm like, "Oh, this one, this, this could be real." It. I'm getting the goosebumps again, and I'm getting the because we want. I guess a cynic would just take any evidence and just say, "Nah, mm -hmm. this is all malarkey. This is all you know, bull caca." Yeah, but like that says something about me that I keep getting hooked into the supernatural, hooked into that the, there's more to life than this you know mm -hmm. it's the campfire you sit by the campfire and you imagine what's out in the woods and for people like me and you i think we imagine it's something not so good you know? yeah 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 <laughs> or or you know there was a guy and he got hit by a taxi cab in 1950 something like yeah but he was really from 18 something like those stories i love all those stories because in my head part i just want it to be kind of real for sure yeah but then like I would actually feel stuff, better about know? the world if it was real in some ways. But then also I'd be like, nobody stopped nine eleven if <laughs> yeah. like, if, if, like because that's what I talk about with Ryan Singer next week of some of these time travelers. No, nobody ever comes back and is just like nine eleven, like the yeah, or you know, uh, COVID nineteen or anything. And but it, if we do have time travelers stopping things. Uh, what are they stopping that's worse than what we've had recently? Yeah, if this is the good stuff they left over, then <laughs> they're like, You guys got off easy. Yeah, you should have seen what was gonna happen. We didn't even tell you about the big squids from <laughs> space. Well, that gets into the thing too. When you talk about time traveling tourists, would that mean it would be time traveling? You know, this is something that you see a lot in fiction, like time travel cops, like that mm -hmm. have to stop them from doing things that would affect the timeline yeah and you can't have yeah. sex with calvin klein because that's actually your son yes yeah <laughs> like that back to the thing. future covered a lot of these a lot of these topics i think like, i i would argue and i think many people would agree with me that back to the future is a perfect movie yes 100 that, that's probably part of that is nostalgia hitting me but also, I just think it's a pretty good movie anyway, you know? Yeah, I love it. It but, makes you uh, think. 
and it's funny at the same time and fun. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then uh, we're, you know, we're, we could probably after this episode be mentioned in the realms of Albert Einstein or Stephen Hawking. Yep. Absolutely. With the stuff that I copied and pasted from several articles. So yeah. <laughs> there's the science and then there's the science fiction of it as well. Yeah. Now, uh, Doug Slook, uh, yeah. do you have anything you'd like to plug? Any, any, up I know you're stand up comedian. I should have told the listener at the beginning, right. but, uh, yeah, anything you want to plug and, and then we'll get out of here. I just want to plug, I can plug my Instagram page at Doug Slook, D O U G S L U K, comedy. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, you'll see any shows I have coming up on there and, uh, Anything else crazy I got going on will pop up on that, on that IG. And uh, when I travel through time, I'll make sure that <laughs> I tell you guys all about it first. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'd like to, I know you're big, uh, you like presidents and I, we've yeah. I've done an episode recently, but I got to find something to have you back on so we can uh, share more uh, presidential stories. Cause uh, just talking to you and green rooms and stuff, you got a lot to say. It's interesting. So. It's nice to find somebody who actually doesn't get annoyed when I talk about it, though, too. So. Well, I'm sure if we were an old married couple, I'd be like, ah, it's a bunch of bullshit. But we're just in the dating phase now, so That's I'm still right. enamored That's by right. you. That's right. <laughs> Doug, look, thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me, Brent.